What's going on? It's time for another episode of Too Hard for the Radio. Transmitting from the future free state of Greater Idaho, I am the one-armed madman. And from the badlands of Southern Montana, we've got Nolan5150. Nolan, are they uh, celebrating the old nation's independence out there in Montana? Yeah, yeah, we're gonna. (laughs) Oh, we've been celebrating it here for the whole goddamn week in Idaho, I'll tell you what. (laughs) Yeah, fireworks be cracking and cranking. Yeah, we had a neighbor in the backyard freaking popping off yesterday evening. They're all over town last few days. But you know what? People aren't drinking <laughs> Bud Light. <laughs> and it's time to go for some Bud Light this week. Let's let's dig into some more Bud Light. Uh recently we had uh Harley Davidson going on with Budweiser on their own commemorative can. They even had a slick little commercial that we are not going to play because fuck that game. And uh, we're going to check into these uh, these uh, YouTubers and see how their reaction is. Here we got some. Uh, we got an Australian here, and uh, he's got himself a nice nice little YouTube channel, quite a bit bigger than ours. Subscribe to the goddamn YouTube channel already. And uh, let's let's hear what he's got to say about the commemorative can. Harley Davidson is being forced to go woke. Forced to go woke. Wow. What do you think about that, Nolan? Uh, <clears throat> well, it's, it it seems like they were definitely. It's well, it seems like they're still kind of going a little bit, but. Uh, uh, see, the whole live wire thing felt like a, you know, an attempt to get in on the, um, on the whole everything going electric, um, green energy ban vehicle bandwagon and everything, but just didn't pan out. And uh, and now, uh, you know, with the current CEO, it seems like that is the direction that uh, that he's trying to go. Who's above him calling the shots i'd like to know but oh well real... we know we've went over this already blackrock and vanguard are the <laughs> are the uh, primary shareholders of harley davidson stock but to me this uh, that guy he drove me nuts right off the bat this was the beginning of the year i just go ugh, motherfucker nobody's forcing them to go woke Nobody forced them to become a publicly traded company where companies like Vanguard and BlackRock can buy up all of the shares and kind of push the direction of the company. You know, nobody forced them to go to Ronald Reagan and ask him to put tariffs on all the Japanese companies. It was a 49% tariffs on anything over 750 cc. So they couldn't handle playing in the free market. And they they cried to the president, oh, we're going under, we're this great American co- Please save us. So they did. They cornered off the market, and that was their own. They killed themselves right there. They never branched out. They never made anything new. And now, 40 years later, they're going, hey, wait, we're going to be the next new thing. Look it, we're innovating. And in the wrong direction. Like you said, they're pleasing the ESG scores they're you know in a way they I've argued that ESG in a way is like uh capping 
the size of small business. If you're not willing to play ball with the big boys and get your ESG score down, you're just not going to be eligible for that kind of money. So if you want to spend $400 million on R&D to produce a bike, that's the only way to do it is by going through the big boys. How much... How much do you think the R&D was on the Buell, my bike, compared to this live wire? I would guess not even a tenth. Yeah, probably. I mean, uh, do we know Do we know how much money uh, was put into the R&D for the, for the live wire? I would imagine it had to have been Well, they're $400 millions. million dollars in, and they've, and they've only got a few hundred units available. I think it's 1,200 units available that they made or... Or so you know they're investing in infrastructure, but I would imagine that the R and D was not cheap on something like that. And I mean, you got a Buell, you're using an existing engine, and you're just building a bike around it. Yeah, like like if the R and D for the in comparison, it's if the R and D for the live wire was you know a hundred million, I would I would guess that the R you know the R and D for like your bike was probably. Less than two, <laughs> I would. Yeah. I was gonna say for every Buell. Oh, shit! <laughs> it wouldn't yeah. be more than a couple million for every Buell bike that they made. Uh, I old ones, I, not the new ones. The new one, I'm I'm discounting the new ones, but okay. the new ones, those aren't really production bikes. Where can yet. you go and buy one of those things? Nowhere yet, but they've invested money into R and D already. And I I should dig into this for a, a future episode and find out what's going on, where the money's coming from, him, and who gets to make the decisions over there. Do you know if Eric Buell's still in charge? Uh, I believe I heard that he's not. I'm pretty sure. Uh, well, then who knows what yeah. we're going to get. Yeah, I'll tell you what. I don't know. It I've, could be anything. I don't know if we've talked about it on the podcast or just in private, but that <clears throat> that new super cruiser, I believe that's what it's called, right? That thing I like so. I like the look of that, man. I like that a lot. Oh, they look sweet, man. I and there and you know, I always had the theory that the reason I was keeping this thing so pristine and refused to sell it was they're not gonna make any more of them. And now that kind of fucks my investment on that one. But you know, uh-huh. if the company tanks and they go, oh, dude, the Generation 1 Buells are the shit. They're, you know, 30 years from now, they go, ah, you don't even want a Gen 2. Those are fucking weird. They're designed by some fucking faggot over in San Francisco that didn't know his ass from last night's party down in the Castro. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, I, I the only way I think your bike would uh, would end up being, you know, pretty much worthless is if all of society collapses because it, I, yeah, you know, they're never going to oh, make even then that it's not going to be worthless. Yeah. Yeah. Even but, then it won't be worthless. True. But the, it, it'd be cool. If you can make, it would be cool if, uh, I've, I've, the new Buells like actually get into production and everything. And then maybe they get into the whole, uh, retro mod scene or actually start, you know, producing some some parts and stuff for their the old bikes but then i don't know if they'd be allowed to and at this point this is a one-off buell i've got a a recluse clutch in it and they will never make another buell with a recluse clutch recluse is uh headquartered a few miles from my house so a couple years ago i went down there i said hey 
I've got this Buell XB9. Will you guys put a clutch in it for me? I need to have a, you know, a recluse. It'll make it easier for me to ride. I, I still don't know if I'm going to be able to ride the goddamn thing nah, without. We'll, we'll figure it uh, out. Moving the clutch. Like, I, I mean, without moving the clutch. Like, I'm going to be able to ride it. Oh, don't you worry about <laughs> that. But it's going to depend on the clutch. But I was hoping that the recluse would make it easier on me at least. And they, yep, we'll do it. And they got done with it and they were like, you know what? This thing is not a fucking Sportster. We thought it was going to be just like a Sportster because the engine's essentially a Sportster motor, but it was not. And we're never doing another one of these things again. (laughs) Are you going to be able to take it there for uh, maintenance at least? (laughs) I would hope so. I mean, I didn't really think about that, (laughs) to be honest. I would would hope that they would stand by their product and not just go, yeah. I mean, what else do you really need on it? I mean, it's not like I'm going to blow the clutch out on the thing. I'll probably never wear the clutch plates out on it because I'm not really going to ride it that hard anymore. Well, you say that now. (laughs) I know. I was just saying, if we go to, I was just thinking, man, if we, if we head out to Yellowstone one of these days, I'm going to go ripping and screaming through the woods at some point. Yep. I'm in, and you know what else? I'll put some fucking knobs on this goddamn thing. <laughs> it came with knob stock, and somebody put street tires on it. But Seriously? I'll put some knobs on. It's, they're not like hardcore knobs, but yeah, they're like short knobs. Damn. They came stock with like a short knob. That's wild. Pretty cool. Kind of like uh, I was watching um, NASCAR yesterday because they had a a road race going through Chicago. And I, I love a road race. I'm not into the loop. The loop doesn't impress me at all, but I, I love me a good road races. And, and NASCAR is cool because those cars are fucking badass. And you get different guys winning road races all the time compared to guys winning the loop. There's guys who are good at the loop there. A guy, the guy who won yesterday is from New Zealand. He's been racing in Australia his whole career. This was his first NASCAR race. And he was the first uh, rookie to win a NASCAR race and since, like, the 50s or something like that. Wow. Fucking crazy. Yeah, and he was just a, they called it sport car, where he's essentially running a Camaro with a wing on road course. And, you know, you come over here and you whoop on the good old boys. I thought it was pretty fucking cool. And it, it was fun, too. Because, you know, you're watching it all day, and in the morning uh, it was raining. So they started out the race in the rain and everybody's going to different size rain tires and different knobs and shit. And by mid race, it stopped raining, but a lot of the course is still wet. So some guys are sticking with the rain tire and other guys are going to slicks. And, uh, by the end of the race, you know, all the guys that were leading during the rain are all back into the back and then different guys are all shuffled up to the front. And, uh, it, it was fun to watch. Yeah, that's where it gets interesting with the uh, races and stuff is, like, when you make that call to switch from your rain tires back to your freaking soft compound or whatever. Same thing in, like, MotoGP and yeah. stuff. Like, that's where that's where your mechanics and stuff and all that data comes into play. Yeah. There's so much strategy going into it. And, yeah, like you said, so much data. These guys have probably got – I was watching this podcast the other day on, on motocross, and this guy was – describing um and maybe you'll understand this a little better than me but he was describing what he thought was going on with Eli Tomac's forks and essentially he was saying that they he thinks that Yamaha was um like testing out a dual spring fork so you would have a softer fork on the bottom or on 
it was either at the top or the bottom. I think it was the top and then a, a, a stronger one. So early on in the stroke, you would have a softer feel. And then once you get down into it, it would be heavier. So he thinks they're doing some some crazy R and D on his on his forks. That'd be freaking cool. Yeah, <clears throat> and and just suspension alone is is wild, man. They're trying to make heads and tails, uh, uh, and that's what cracks me up when people come into the shop and they want they want like suspension work, and they're like, oh yeah, you know, uh, tighten up my springs and blah blah blah. But uh, yeah. I'm like, okay. <laughs> uh, like how many turns or I'm just like shooting in the wind. Somebody says, I'm just like, okay. Burp, burp, burp. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, to get, to get it dialed in, you, you gotta just, you know, if, if you're not on a track, you gotta make some adjustments, head out, come back and see how it feels, make adjustments, <laughs> man. And it's so much easier now than it used to be. You remember how many hours we spent at Kuiya Creek with you with the, with the uh, stopwatch and the and the pen and the paper and we're going through clickers trying to figure out am I going the right way am I going the wrong way am I doing anything right at all or am I getting any speed or is it just that the track's getting rougher or you know we just spent hours and hours out there and you can't wash yourself on the bike and it's easy to give the eye test on someone else and go okay it looks like this or that is happening maybe you know it looks like you're going over the bars in the rough areas. Maybe we'll give it a click or two faster on the rebound in the back so you get through it a little bit quicker on e- on either bump, you know. Use your whole suspension. But you can't do that with yourself. And back then, man, cameras, camera phones sucked. You had the fucking you were always difficult. You had the uh what was it? The Blackberry? Oh, the sidekick. Side yeah. You had the fucking sidekick, yeah. man. You can't take <laughs> video with that shit. And I didn't yeah. have an expensive camera. Now, man, I got my little brother. Race Tech makes a suspension Bible. It's like 300, 400 pages, and it has everything you could ever want to know about suspension. Street, road, uh, or uh, like street, street racing, dirt, off-road, just all kinds of shit. And, man, I, I read a couple chapters of it before I gave it to him, and it's like, oh, God, if I had this when I was his age. Oh, my God. I, I never really did learn how to work on suspension. It just always evaded me, and I would get, usually what would happen is I would screw it up, and then we'd go out to a track where someone from Pro Circuit would be there, and I'd have them set my clickers, and I just wouldn't change it yeah. for a couple months. Like, all right, just ride it where it's at. And, you know, I think uh, a lot of riders nowadays especially are so finicky about the bike. I mean, the difference in the bike, like, could you imagine trying to ride my pro circuit race bike today? It would just be completely outclassed in every way by the worst bike on the track. It just wouldn't even be even to probably compare it to a stock bike yeah. these days. And, and you probably go, you know what? That was a nice bike in 2008, 2009, but. I'll take this stock KX now. It's got electric start. <laughs> right. Suspension's probably as good or better. The motor's way better. Yep. And, you know, it's always bitching. They're always looking for this. Or, oh, it does this, it does that. And finicky and bitchy. And, you know, guys are leaving teams now because they don't like something the bike's doing. There's guys that won't ride Pro Circuit. There's a guy out there right now, Joe Shimoda, Who's going to leave pro circuit because he doesn't like the bike. Nobody knows what he doesn't like about the bike. Cause nobody, everybody's afraid to say 
that they don't like the bike. But it's like, you know, Pro Circuit's the fucking team. You don't yeah. need Pro Circuit. Yeah. I mean, Star Yamaha is now, now is kind of the team. But still, Pro Circuit's no slouch. And guys are leaving. Oh, yeah. They, I'm, I'm sure a, I'm sure that all those guys got to sign NDAs and stuff for uh, the companies when they're signed on just because they probably, like you said, get to see and know and probably ride a lot of experimental stuff that's not out yet. So they probably legally aren't allowed to, like, talk about <laughs> a lot of this shit. Yeah. All right, let's say this. You're the head of your team manager for Team Honda right now. And I'm some, I'm me, asshole me, but I turned out to be good and, you know, getting thirds and fifths and eighths and shit like that on Team Pro Circuit. And this is my, uh, this is my interview after. Yeah, man, this fucking bike sucks. I, I, I don't know what to do with it. I told the guys I want it to be this way. They can't get it that way. They tell me it should be this way. I think they're full of shit. Do you still want to talk to me? No. <laughs> You don't want to fucking sign me because you're going to go, you know, if we don't get it right, we're screwed. This guy's going to air out, you know, he's going to talk shit and he's going to look bad. We're Team Honda and we don't want to look bad. We don't want some asshole coming over, especially if you're, you know, maybe French or something like that. And you're already over here talking shit and being an asshole and being difficult to, to work with. It's like, you know, nobody wants to deal with that. So guys keep their mouth shut. It's probably the best way. Nope. <laughs> but anyways, we got pretty off track on that. Harley Davidson's not being forced to do anything. They've made their decisions. They made their bed. They should have branched out. I should have been riding a Harley Davidson my entire fucking career. There's no reason that they couldn't have made a dirt bike. We've got Triumph coming in on dirt bikes. We've got Ducati coming in on dirt bikes. Uh, there's a couple of, you know, KTM makes street bikes too. There's no reason that I shouldn't have been on a Harley Davidson. And you think like, especially in the nineties when I was getting my first bikes, fucking people wanted to buy America in the nineties. <laughs> yeah. I'd have been on a Harley. Even it costs a little bit more. It's fuck it, man. It's a Harley. You're stupid. They wanted to own the market. And now that market is shrink- literally dying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not just the bikes, the people on yeah, them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're they're aging out for sure. Uh, it makes you wonder wonder what what they were doing because they, I mean, you know, the advancement from decade to decade is doesn't really seem all that much. I mean, all, although the electronics and stuff, like it's not, dude. Uh, but we're fucking, we're talking a V twin engine. They've what they've added uh, a water. Uh, a radiator on a couple of them that people don't even like. Yeah, it's well, yeah, it's uh, tech, it's called twin cooled, and it's like water. Yeah, nobody likes them. Cooling, yeah, yeah, nobody buys those fucking things. Well, what is it? that's the V rod, right? Um, no, the V rod, I believe, is I'm talking is, about the V rod. Is water cooled? It is water cooled, but also the uh, the Revolution Max engine is water cooled now. But that's kind of, oh. that's kind of like the the new like it's V-rod a smaller radiator engine. that kind of hides under the tank, right? Mm, the on the Revolution Max, it's pretty it's pretty large. It's like pretty much between or is it the on two, the arm. It's pretty much between yeah, the two. I, I know um, where it is. You know, down down pipes on the on the frame, right under the tank. It's not gaudy like 
it's not gaudy like the V-Rod, though. The V-Rod was just such a big fucking flop. Yeah. yeah. I've said they really that. thought they nailed it with that one. I'm, I'm sure you haven't worked on many of those uh, old ones because not many of them are around. I, I just, uh, I think it was last week, I just did, uh, it was just, I think, tires and an oil change. But, uh, oh, really? Yeah. They, uh, ever ever since um, I worked at my old shop in, in uh, Vista, I had ridden a V-Rod here and there um, at that shop, but even then I, I was like, the V-Rod is one of the most uncomfortable bikes to ride. Oh yeah. It's, it's just, it's just big, ridiculous. Ugly, heavy. I'm sure it's heavy and it handles slow. It, it looks like really it weird. should be fast, but Oh, I'm, I'm sure it does. Uh, you can't just add, just make an enormous bike and stretch it out. <laughs> put a, go. put a 240 on it. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, will say, I mean, it kind of, it, it kind of, it'll kind of get it like in a straight line. It's kind of okay, but yeah, whatever. It's it, you that's know, not what you, overall. I mean, overall, it's not yeah. not my cup of tea. But some people buy them no, for what I reason? I don't any, know. <laughs> very few people's cup of tea. I, I think. Anyways, we've gone over this before, but we'll just kind of scan through this real quick. Here's this is on Harley's. They call it their sustainable development or something like that plan. Uh, inclusive stakeholder management. So stakeholder stakeholder that's important that's a stockholder is if i own shares of harley davidson stakeholder is everyone affected by a harley davidson which you could argue is everyone because harley davidson's burn fossil fuels which as we know destroy the universe and uh harleys do that so that's kind of their argument is uh, we affect everybody, so we need to be better because we affect everybody. And we're not just beholden to our stakeholders who we are technically supposed to be beholden to. We don't really care about them. We're, we're BlackRock and Vanguard. We own all the stock. <laughs> and we're, we're on uh, – these people got a big game. They're not really concerned with individual bike sales. They're concerned with shaping society as a whole. So anytime you hear things like inclusive and stakeholder, your your antennas should go up immediately. Here we go. Uh, what do we got? Planet uh, stakeholder priorities evolve as the world changes, and Harley Davidson must continually evolve to meet expectations. We've identified the issues that matter the most to our business and stakeholders below. Planet and innovation, climate change and decarbonization, electrification and new technologies, raw material sourcing. That's a big one. Remember that one. Vehicle carbon footprint and fuel economy. When I was in college, I was a business major. I had to do carbon footprint tests multiple times. At one point, they had me run a carbon footprint for the poorest African, myself, and the richest person. And it was like, uh, if if everyone lived like you, we would need 14 planets. And then if everybody lived like the billionaire, we would need, uh, you know, 100,000 planets. If everybody lived like the poor African, we would need 1.4 planets. Like, what? Hmm. <laughs> We're already on one. How do we, how, so a lot of their bullshit is just fucking with statistics. There's a great book called how to lie with statistics that everybody should read. It's like a quick couple hour read. Very interesting stuff. Let's continue. People 
community engagement, and contribution to society. Dealer relations. That's you. Diversity, equity, and inclusion. Yeehaw! Employee wellness, health, and safety. They do care about you, but not really you. It's more like the black chick that they hired for the for the front office. They care about how her mental state is while in an office of majority white males. Human rights. That's another big one. Remember that. Product, safety, quality, customer safety. Hey, we finally have something about customers. <laughs> Responsible sourcing and in supply chain. It's another big one. Governance and ethics. Business ethics, privacy and data security. Regular. Okay, that's boring. But we got some big ones there. We've got diversity, equity, inclusion, human rights, and sourcing supply chain. Raw materials. All right. Let's there's there's pages of this of this. Here's a whole page on climate change. Uh, here's a whole page on preserving the planet. Here's another entire page on reducing our impact. You can pause the the podcast if you're on YouTube, which subscribe to our goddamn YouTube channel, <laughs> and you can read all through this shit, or you can go find it on the internet. Either way, let's continue take everything so personally these are big corporations that uh they don't have any feelings they don't have any emotions they're trying well i think they're trying their best to make a product that we like but they have other people that they've got to answer to oh they're really guy are, are they trying to make a, a a product that we all like uh we just discussed the v-rod which was their big fucking thing 10 years ago that was the v-rod was the first live wire essentially they put all this money and all this hype into this new bike and then it flopped and now 10 years later they're retooling they're getting money from different places and they're moving on to the live wire well uh, <clears throat> i see what you're saying but i think the live wire was was kind of its own you know it was it, its own branch trying to do the the ev shit uh but there's a lot of rumors and speculation about them taking the Revolution Max engine platform and re like revamping a V-Rod, basically, because uh, they killed it, I think, last year officially, and then um, that's that's all the buzz is that they're gonna rework it, put the Revolution Max engine in it, and make a new one. That's probably not gonna do very well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it, it probably won't. I don't think they can do much at this point. They're really just like throwing spaghetti. And I think, you know, they thought that they were going to make a ton of money on this live wire. Instead, they're out the bucket. And we had, uh, what do they call it? A, um, a liquidity event where everybody hyped this thing up, put money in. And as soon as it goes public, yank their money out, cost Harley Davidson $300 million when they thought they were going to make $150 million. So really they're like 450 in the tank on this fucking thing. It, it, all these movies are failing right now. Movies like can't just break even if they break even, they're not going to be made or they need to be made better at this point. I don't know if they can make them better. I I've heard rumors that Hollywood is bringing in new screenwriters and shit to, to, uh, fix all this bullshit but i'll believe it when i see it yeah it's ai 
They're bringing in chat GBT. Chat GBT. Dude, I was the new the new fucking season of Black Mirror. I was watching it the other day and I was telling somebody about it. And I was like, I swear to God, they just like came up with a basic idea and then asked Chat GPT to write it. It like uh, they had okay, so there was this fucking chick. She gets she fires some other chick at work. She goes home, turns on a new uh, TV show, and it's her being watched. Did you see this one? I watched that one. Yeah, so fucking stupid. (laughs) I couldn't believe. And then the and did you watch the astronaut one? No, not yet. Just as stupid. They're all so bad. I didn't even. I haven't even watched the last one yet because I was like, ah, fuck this. They were all. A waste of my time. Anyways, let's get back into fucking Harley <laughs> Davidson. Here's a different YouTuber who's also bigger than us. Harley Davidson is oh, recent. Nope. That's the same fucking asshole. Here we go. This here's uh here this is an interesting one. Let's get into the live wire a little bit. Here's some some new information is new shit is coming to light, man. <laughs> How many people have you seen riding a live wire? I'll tell you this. I've been watching and looking for these things for the last three years i've seen one and the guy was at pig trail harley davidson looking to trade it he was looking to trade it he wanted to rent a soft tail heritage to ride however they had nowhere for them to store his live wire for him to rent it he wanted to rent the heritage go for a ride there was nowhere for him to store the the live wire nowhere Interesting. Did you were you aware of this, Nolan? Are 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 you guys capable of storing a live wire? No. Uh and and after after I watched that, I, I was thinking about it and I th- I'm pretty sure I heard something about I I mean I knew we well, in let's order find to out, happen. let's find out why. Yeah. Let's 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 d- dig a little deeper and find out why. If you've seen anything online, but it's very easy to see, go on YouTube, go on your favorite search engine, type in live wire explosion. Dangerous. <laughs> Ask your local Harley Davidson dealership if they can store a live wire in their facility. I guarantee you they can't. There's only a handful of dealerships across the United States that actually have the capabilities of storing a live wire. Idaho. And they're not talking about this, but they need sort of an explosive proof or bomb proof uh, shelter or chamber to put these bikes in just to store them. They have to have almost like a lightning rod or a grounding rod and a capability to put out a metal fire. If you come from the Navy, that's a class Delta fire. Metal fires don't stop. They feed themselves. And that's exactly what the live wire is. It's a metal fire waiting to happen. A metal fire. I had just flown back from <laughs> Panama City, Florida. I went down on vacation. The airport here where I live has a sign as you go into long-term parking. EVs or electric vehicles are not allowed to park in the short-term parking garage because of the dangers of these electric vehicles and the meltdown and the possible fire hazards from these things. Um, that's interesting. So when I hear they need a grounding rod to be able to hook these bastards, and and what you guys haven't had to gotten the money from Harley Davidson to build a bomb shelter yet? Oh hell no! <laughs> when I when I hear uh, you know grounding rod, they're worried about some sort of discharge with these things, or any sort of spark maybe might set the damn thing off. I thought that was pretty interesting, and also that your dealership was not on that map, and mine was. 
Yeah. Uh, well, it it would cost you know a shit ton of money to be able to be able to facilitate the live wires, and I I didn't even hear that part of it before, but uh, you know, just to have the facility to even work on them, uh, to mess with the battery packs and stuff like that, the amount of equipment and everything that you would have had to have was just you know really really expensive. And I, I'm, I don't know. I'd say my dealership's pretty lucky that they didn't invest in it because it looks like it's going to be a total flop, waste of time and money. So, well, it sounds like they're going to have to build new dealerships, essentially. I uh, yeah. I, I don't know what else you're going to do. Like that's basically I don't know, what it is. Not all these, not all these dealerships are going to be able to be retrofitted for this shit. They're going to be old. I mean, some of these dealerships have got to be really old, especially, I don't even, I mean, how old's the building you guys are in? Um, I believe it's like about 15 years old, something like that. Ah, well, that's not bad. I've worked in some really old shops where it's hard to even get an air compressor set up in the right place Yeah, because everything's just so goddamn old. So, yeah, I mean, I thought that was pretty interesting. People are, I mean, you're going to have to have a bomb shelter. <laughs> In a dealership, at least we'll know where to go when civil, when society collapses. <laughs> yeah, as long as you get all the live wires out Harley. of it first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fuck. I uh, I couldn't believe so, I couldn't believe somebody somebody hearing that and then be like. Fuck, man! Like even driving an electric oh, vehicle, but but things. strapping that thing between your legs, just like. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen a, a, like a dirt bike or a street bike, like really blow up. I mean, I'm sure they catch fire on, on freeways every once in a while when they crash, but like, I don't, I've never heard of a, a dirt bike blowing up or turning into a smoldering fire that you can't fucking put out. Yeah. I've never seen it in person. I've seen like, videos. Oh, well, I've burned a magnesium block before when I was at sand mountain, there was guys there that uh, had a bunch of magnesium VW blocks, and they rolled. They put one of them in in tires, lit it up, and then rolled it down the mountain. It was just this ball of like bright plasma just tumbling down. It's fucking cool. Yeah, I've I've got an old snowmobile block that I believe is magnesium that I wanna I wanna do that too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude, set it up to where you shoot it, and then it. Ex- something explodes and you get a nice magnesium fire. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, so I, I, uh, I was looking into, we want, I wanted to do an update on, on, uh, electric dirt bikes. I figured we needed, we need an electric dirt bike update. So I started looking into this dark Varg, which is the new electric that's coming out that everybody's ready. Oh, it's the fastest dirt bike ever, ever made bunch of guys went and tested it they liked it we didn't really get to see what the battery was like what type of life it had how quickly it charged any of that type of shit so i found this guy on youtube who's got a couple electric bikes he's got the uh, alta and the stark varg and i can't stand this guy but we're gonna watch him anyways because it's what we got Hey guys, first load up of the Varg with my Alta in the back of my trusty old Ford Ranger. So, here's proof it's possible. It could definitely fit two bikes 
with the generator in the center, the Stark stand and charger, the Alta chargers under my helmet bag, and the rest of my gear. It's not too bad. I'll be upgrading this vehicle pretty soon to something more proper, but it'll work for now. I'll be buying a Tesla truck as soon as possible, and I will have to up also upgrade the size of my generator because I won't be able to drive to the track and ride my bikes. <laughs> Fucking moron. That's This is the future. These The guy who makes the Stark Bark, I listened to an interview with him the other day, and I was going to clip a little bit of it, but man, just arrogant, pompous, and oh, we're, we have to decrease our carbon footprint and help... To, save the planet and the whole fucking thing. And here's this guy going to the track with a generator in the back of his fucking pickup. It's crazy. I guarantee you two dirt bikes are going to put out less pollution than that generator. Dirt bikes are clean running. They've got high tolerance, high powered engines. They burn fucking clean generators smoke and because these little Gas engines are dirty. They don't have to run clean. Yeah. They can just run. Dirt bikes got to be running clean and perfect. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to ride it. So this whole we're going to save the planet with electric dirt bikes pitch is bullshit. Complete line of crap. They're trying to get into that Vanguard money. They're trying to get into that Blackwater money. And uh, that's how you do it. You talk that shit. They know what they got to do to get the money. Suck. They will get on your knees. Suck and that <laughs> black rock dick. <laughs> All right. So here he is at the track. Uh, just an insufferable asshole. What do you think of the future? Dude, I was watching it. That looks sick. Doesn't it? <laughs> Hey, RJ, what do you think of the future? For those listening, he's driving around the Pretty pits thick, right? asking people First what the they country. think of the future. Stark Bark? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Isn't that a trip? It comes with a cell phone and everything. Cool. Hell yeah. It's hey, like, just want to say like good the luck worst tomorrow, commercial buddy. ever. I'll be out there watching you. Oh. Dude, this guy's the worst. And then this is just... <laughs> I can't... This made me hate him so much when he did, when he did this. Rips a tear off. Goes to throw it on the ground. Decides not to. Throws it in the garbage can and then puts on the screen in post, don't litter. Explanation points. Ugh. He's driving around the pits... Did this remind you of any... This reminded me of something right away as soon as I fucking saw it. Did, do you... Are you thinking the same thing as me? Uh, you're not. I don't think oh. so. Brother, you're going to love this. Here we go. Hey there, Richard. Oh, hey, Gerald. New car? Yeah, it's a hybrid. I just... I just couldn't sit back and be a part of destroying the Earth anymore. Well, good for you. Good for you. Oh, Thanks. <laughs> well, there goes the new high and mighty Gerald Broplowski. Yeah, ever since he got that new hybrid, he thinks he's better than everyone else. <laughs> you know, the emissions from a vehicle like yours causes a What do you think of the future? 
Thanks. It's much better for the environment. Thanks. I've got my generator. Thanks. Show it off. Is that a hybrid? Oh, another oh, yes. one. Got one too, I see. Ooh. Yeah, I like to be a part of the solution and not part of the problem. You wanna go butt well, fuck anyway, in the back? Good for you. Thanks. <laughs> Dad, I think I is starving to death. <laughs> Hold on, boys. We still have to go to the hardware store and hand out awareness citations to SUV cars in the parking lot. <laughs> what? Yeah. That's exactly what that fucking guy was doing. He was riding around yeah. two pro riders. <laughs> Going, what do you think of the future? Oh, By dude. the way, good luck tomorrow. I'll be there watching you. Thanks. Uh, uh, yeah. As it, it, I, it's worst. so ridiculous. I almost feel like he had to have been like, you know, trying to do that. <laughs> there, no, dude. This guy's so unaware. He was at Kawea Creek on the oh, bike. Fuck. And some guy wanted to beat the shit out of him because he was sneaking up on people. They can't hear him and he's diving in and passing. And then he's bitching and complaining about people to the GoPro. Oh, crossing lines. Look at this guy crossing the track. It's like, motherfucker, they don't know you're back there. Yeah. It was ridiculous. I mean, if you think it's going to be a problem on the street, dirt's going to be even worse. You got a, a, a loud bike. In your ears. You're riding a loud fucking bike. Two-stroke or four-stroke. And you got some guy on on an, an electric scooter sneaking up behind you and then bitching at you when you're when you get in his way. It's fucking wild. I couldn't I'm watching this and I watched two episodes of this guy's vlog, and I'm just like, does this guy not realize that everybody must hate him? I don't think he does. <laughs> he was just <laughs> dude. He was at Kawea Creek. He was doing the the tabletop where everybody stands on the rock, and he was like whipping the bike a little bit because he was a he was a vet. He wasn't very good. Like he was just a normal vet, and he was like whipping the bike a little bit and then looking over. And because he's wearing the GoPro, you can tell that he's looking over. Like, oh, let's see who's looking at me riding the new bike, uh, the new electric. Look at everybody, look at me you should, on the new bike. You should cut that clip. And send it to him and be like, hey, uh, it's already been done, bud. Get some new material. Yeah, dude. The guy's the worst. I just, I couldn't handle it. I, I Like, when I found him, I was like, oh, cool. I'll subscribe to this guy's channel so I can, like, watch this bike and how it goes. And after the second video, I unsubscribed. <laughs> <laughs> it was that bad. Um, on screen, right? I've got it on screen right now. He did a 30-minute moto at Kawea Creek, 34 minutes, technically. He wanted to show how long the battery like He was there all day. He rode twice. He rode two motos. And after 35 minutes, 34 minutes with a vet on it, he's down to 17%. So he the bike's not even going to be able to do a full moto on a, with a pro. I mean, you put like a Justin Barsha or an Eli Tomac on one of those things, and they're going to hammer it out in 10 minutes. Yeah, uh, unless unless it's not even get, gonna be able to do supercross unless you can put like a larger larger battery pack on it somehow, but you can't. Then it's gonna be too heavy. Yeah, and people just go, oh, you know, they're getting better. Batteries are getting. No, they're not. Batteries are kind of like peaked out. They're not gonna get much better. Yeah, unless there's some massive. That's one of my favorite things. Massive breakthrough. Uh, you know, some some fucking crazy new bullshit that they 
come up with, it, it's, there's really nowhere else to go. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Now that I uh, dropped the lead for 44 minutes, let's finally get in to the main story of the day. Harley Day or Livewire has a new CEO. Donez joins Livewire from the Bombardier Recreational Products. I don't know what that is. Says where he was mostly president, most recently president of BRP's Marine Group. Okay, so something to do with boats, probably sea news, jet skis. I love jet skis. Uh, I love Kenny Powers. There you go. Um, (laughs) Kenny, watch out for the sharks. That's all I got to say. Says prior to joining BRP, he held positions at Rio Tinto. I don't know what that is. Refinery Energy for Rio Tinto. Uh, Whatever. Whatever. That's it. Who cares where this guy comes from? We know where he's going. He's going to the unemployment line because the live wire is going to fail. It's going to fail miserably. It is bad. Uh, Well, actually... There are some people that care where this guy came from and who he is, and that's why Too Hard for the Radio exists. <laughs> I, as soon as I looked at this, I got, I want to know who this fucking guy is. So, Bombardier, you know Bombardier. It's that, Ski-Doo. That, they make, uh, you know, snowmobiles. And so that, you go, okay. They're that Canadian. That seems like a, a decent fit. Canadian. Yeah. Exactly. M- must be a friend of Trudeau's. Yeah, eh. But, uh, you know, Rio Tinto. I don't know what that is. You would think that, like, if you're going to do a video, and this guy's video is way better than the I don't hate this guy, but these guys make mistakes. And I I skipped another one that this guy did where he said that um, Harley Davidson commissioned an ad with Dylan Mulvaney, which is not true. They sent a can to his face with his face on it, and he made a, a post on, on TikTok. Like, that's not what happened. So, you know. We like to get it right here as much as we can. So I looked into Rio Tinto. We fig- I figure we should probably know what Rio Tinto is. So let's go to their Wikipedia page. It must be like, um, what do you think, a green energy company? Maybe they make like electric bikes or electric scooters Rio, or something like that. Rio Tinto? That's what it's yeah. called? Yeah, it sounds like maybe electric skateboards or something. Sounds like sounds like I would just go uh, how it sounds. It's. They make uh, automotive tent for windows. <laughs> yeah, automotive. It's a it's a it's a Hispanic company. They're out of out of Los Angeles. Go get your windows tinted. Rio Tinto Group is an Anglo-Australian multinational company that is the world's second largest metals and mining corporation. Huh. Seems like the perfect fit for a guy running an electric bike company, right? I mean. He must care about the environment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's definitely what he does. <laughs> All he does is just think about the environment, and then he rapes and pillages it. Yeah, he's like, well, you know, I mean, in, uh, uh, we want to stop strip mining, but we, we're just not there yeah. yet. Yeah. <laughs> it was founded in 1873 when a group of investors purchased a mine complex in the Rio Tinto in Havana, Spain. So they've been raping and pillaging the planet for 200 years. What sounds like they must be a great company, right? Let's continue. And mind you, this is the Wikipedia page, the most watered down shit you're going to find. You know, actually, to be fair, they're probably going to go pretty hard on this because they're, they've got hard ons for climate change. and shit. But anyways, let's continue. <laughs> 
Let's go to, and this is an interesting read. Everybody should go through and read a little bit about this corporation because these, these people are, these are the ones destroying the planet and we're not getting anything for it. All right. Oh my gosh. Where is it? Eh, missed it. Nolan, fill some time. <laughs> uh, uh, Good luck with that, right? Yeah. Your acquisitions, operating history, Rio Tinto, Rio Tinto, early acquisitions, recent mergers and acquisition events. Dude. Corporate status. Oh, I forgot. I, I meant to send you a picture. This really, this actual rad old dude from Rhode Island was road, uh, came into the shop. Uh, on a Pan Am, and uh, I put new chain and sprockets, two new tires, gave him a 10K service and everything, and this old dude's riding all the way up to Prudhoe Bay, Alaska on a Damn. on a Pan America. Damn, that's crazy. All right, let's go to controversies on Rio Tinto. This, is, this should be fun. Poor working conditions. The United Steelworkers of America has claimed that mine workers at the Ketchikan Copper Mine worked for eight months without stopping during a labor dispute about how these workers were treated. The dispute ended with a settlement including a six-year labor agreement only for Rio Tinto to lay off over 120 workers just two days later. Beautiful. London Olympic Games. The medal for the medal, the medal for the medals of the 2012 <laughs> games were supplied by the Brigham Canyon Mine, located in Utah, uh, which caused uh, an uproar among many activist groups, including Utah, during uh, due to the concerns about the impact on local cities. So they're probably going to destroy some waterways to make the medals for the Olympics that nobody's watching. Uh, but they, I think they did have like a. a some sort of bombing or something. That was the, um, God, Clint Eastwood just made a movie about it. So that was probably some inside job that they had planned. So, you know, served its purpose. Uh, Papua New Guinea, Rio Tinto massacre. That sounds fun. Hmm. I'm sure that was justified, right? Interference from Axis powers during World War II. Oh, that's beautiful. So they fought with the Nazis during World War II. Guinea and iron ore, racism, bullying, and sexual harassment. This one sounds fun. In 2022, recent, Rio Tinto released a report that described a work culture of bullying, harassment, and racism at the global mining giant, including 21 complaints by women of actual attempted rape or sexual assault in the past five years. So this guy's literally been raping and pillaging the planet and his fucking staff. And now he's going to go make an electric bike and go look at us. Uh, but, you know, perfect guy to to get that lithium. They're going to go, hey, man, we're, we're sustainable. We're getting lithium. This guy, he's probably got some sort of inside line. It's fucking wild that they think so little of the public that they would do something like this and then claim to care about the environment. Yeah, uh, well. How could you claim to care about the environment? We just read all of that shit. And here they hire a guy who is, by their account, the problem. It's just, uh, it's like a shell game, man. Second it's just biggest. distractions. It's like waving your hand over here while you're fucking doing shit down here. I mean, it's like the, 
it's like Joe Biden wanting or uh, doing the whole, you know, if you have a crack rock the size of a quarter, you're going to jail for five years. And now, you know, yep. look at Hunter. <laughs> yeah. Dude, this keeps going. 2021 Siberian protests. Uh, misplaced radioactive capsule. You remember last summer where it was, oh my God, we lost this radioactive capsule yeah. in Australia. We need to go and do... That was them. Hmm. We, Rio Tint, uh, mining. Rio Tinto has been widely criticized by environmental groups at at least one national government for the environmental impacts of its mining activities. Norway. Uh, more Norway. France. Papua New Guinea. It just keeps going and going. Carbon dioxide emissions, labor and human rights, corruption allegations in China, in Guinea, SEC investigations. So this is literally, I mean, maybe he's not a scumbag, but works for, you know, one of the worst corporations on the planet. These guys are bad news. I mean... (laughs) You talk about bad news. Guys like that are bad fucking news. You don't want to mess with these big multinational corporations. They're who really run the planet. They want to strip mine it for everything it's worth. They'll probably try and swing their, um, you know, oh, we're, we're not a terrible company that rapes and pillages the planet. We're actually just trying to be sustainable and build electric cars to stop pollution. And you know what I mean? Yeah, like, and nobody will like, care. They'll go, "Oh, like, look, they they've got a pride flag on their on their, <laughs> you know, the, those big fucking wheels yeah. that look like a skill saw that take out entire Oh, look, it's got pride flags on it. And when it spins, you can see the Nazi symbols lined up. It's so cool. <laughs> oh, they're so sweet and liberal." Dude, that's uh that's like what I was saying. It it, it blows my mind how much of this shit. It's just uh public knowledge, like you said, right on Wiki- Wikipedia and uh Right there. And and then, you know, uh, tomorrow they'll just, you know, like you, like you just said, be like, oh, no, we care. We care. We're here. Oh, we're look, gonna, we just, we're yeah. Gonna, we're going to do better. You know, all that stuff's in the past. And and people just like, you know, like robots just get brainwashed well, yeah, by what's right, right, in front of your house, right in front of your face. But you can't, you know, sometimes you, you can paint a horse a different color, but it's, you know. Never going to be a zebra, or, uh, you know. <laughs> uh, he works on jet skis. He likes going to the lake and hanging out and having a Bud Light, just like you and me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Nolan. We're out of here. Good night, everybody. Subscribe to the fucking YouTube channel. Good night.